Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donnie Cage. And we are the hosts of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Between the two of us, I have 25 years of wrestling experience. Amazing, Donnie. Uh, I actually have 30 years, so that's 55 years of wrestling watching experience which just is amazing. Hey, once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, if you're new, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, we do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday, so be sure to check us out on our other episodes. Uh, Donnie and I always have a lot of fun, and uh, we like bringing you guys and involving you into the conversation. We do talk about wrestling past, present, and future, superstars, and promotions. All right, Donnie, let's get out of here, buddy. Hey, hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy, along or your co-host, the Kentucky Guy, along with your other co-host, Donnie Cage. Ha <laughs> ha, there he is. How's it going, sir? It's going great. How's it going for you, sir? Ah, doing fantastic. Uh, you know, just a uh, above ground, alive, and... Uh, uh, happy-go-lucky guys, I always am. I'm always a breath of fresh air. You know this, so that's a great that's a great outlook to have, Kentucky guy. <laughs> Shut up, Donnie Cage. All right, so <laughs> so guys, uh, uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, be sure to hit that uh, follow or subscribe button. No matter which platform you're listening to us on, we are on all major platforms, including Pandora, iHeartRadio. Amazon Music, and many, many others. Also, uh, Donnie, uh, go ahead and tell them about your podcast, sir. Yes, so I am the co-host and creator of the Uncaged Voice podcast, which streams on Twitch and is also available to watch on YouTube on my official The Uncaged Voice podcast channel. Fantastic. And if you haven't had a chance to get uh, and watch that, folks, I, I highly recommend it. I actually finally got a chance to watch a couple episodes and uh i thought it was really good i thought it was hilarious so uh yeah and also uh for those of you that like to hear the news and political spectrum of things also uh the last couple episodes we've, i've had a couple uh book authors on as well and uh got quite a few guests scheduled up for the rest of the week and that show is the red pill current news podcast drop episodes there every wednesday and saturday here on Against the Match Wrestling Podcast, Donnie and I drop episodes every Monday and Friday. And also, if you ever want to be on the show or have any questions for either of us, uh, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. So, what a week, what a strange week in wrestling, Donnie. What do you, uh, you know, I mean, what a strange week. Man, all over the place, Kentucky guy. I don't even know where to start. It's it just, you know, I, I almost feel like just talking about midget wrestling or something. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but you do you. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, uh, I, I think that was kind of rude. Midgets are little people too. Um, so, <laughs> uh, let's start off with AEW this week. Uh, we usually always start off with uh, WWE, but AEW also has a pay-per-view uh, this week, uh, all in. And uh, on Sunday, uh, September 4th, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So let's uh, let's talk about Dynamite a little bit. A lot of crazy, and you know, when we say a lot of the crazy things are happening in wrestling, AEW is leading the pack, I think. 
they've got so much. Uh, they went from having nothing but drama to just, uh, I don't know, just some of the decisions they've made here lately. Uh, it takes me back to that interview we had with uh, uh, Warren Marlowe when he said that Tony Khan was a fan, uh, not an owner or, or a booker, and he's, uh, he's proving it all the time. So let's see here. Uh, so uh, Dynamite started off with uh, the undisputed AEW world champion, John Moxley. He kicked off the show. He came out. He grabbed a microphone. He was John Moxley. And even though, and I thought this was hilarious, that they were in Chicago, uh, he told him, he said, I know you love your boy. He goes, but I think they are, uh, they're they're still mopping him off the mat in Cleveland. <laughs> so he goes on, and uh, he pulls out this contract. It's an open contract. He throws it. He doesn't stand there and put it on a clipboard or anything. He throws it on the mat. It's an open contract for the main event uh, to go against him. He's going to defend the undisputed AEW uh, world title. And anybody can come out there and pick it up and sign it, right? So then he leaves, right? After a few choice, few more choice words, he leaves. Then this guy that I really don't know comes out. I, I got to know him after all this, but I didn't know who he was at first. They just said he was a producer from the back. Comes out, grabs the contract, doesn't sign it or anything, and puts it in his pocket. At that point right there, not knowing what we know right now, but at that point right there, Donnie, what were you thinking? I mean, I, I mean, I didn't know 100% what to think. I, I assumed that they were planting seeds for something that was going to happen later in the night. Um, and again, l- like you said, initially, I didn't know who the guy was. I actually had to do some research and find out it was Ace Steel, former uh, independent professional wrestler, and also the man that trained CM Punk, longtime friend of his. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I just... I didn't know who he was. I, I didn't recognize him. I remember he used to be a wrestler once I had uh, done some research and seen some old pictures, but I, I had no clue who he was. So then uh, uh, a couple matches happened. I'm just going to continue with this story because this is the main story, one of the main stories, anyways, of this week. Uh, so the night goes on. CM Punk, to my surprise, shows up to do a promo. I didn't think he was even there. I didn't think he'd be on the show. I knew it was Chicago, I knew it was hometown, but man, we just really hadn't heard anything from him since he lost the belt. Uh, you know, everybody was saying that he's done, he's gone, he's leaving, or they or they got rid of him. I, I didn't know, and he shows up and literally begins to give what I think is a retirement speech, it seems like anyways, and uh, a goodbye speech, and this dude comes back out, the, his longtime friend that we found out, uh, and he uh, he drops the f bomb. He he gets pumped so uh, he gets punk so motivated in his promo that uh, he gives the contract to punk. Punk signs it. So now, and we talked about this on the last episode. We didn't know how they were going to make it happen, but that was the rumor. So now it is factual that the main event of all out or all in is John Moxley versus CM Punk for the dynamite heavyweight title. Donnie, what are your thoughts? I mean, didn't we already see this match uh, a week ago and we know what the end result was, but, uh, I mean, I'm not entirely surprised because the rumor mill was saying that this was still going to be the main event at, all out this Sunday, despite the fact that we already watched the match on free TV. And, uh, I mean, to me, this was, again, a desperate attempt by AEW to to get a rating spike. And, you know, give them some credit. The Ace Steel promo was well done. Um, but now, once again, they're, they're trying to portray CM Punk as the sympathetic babyface, the man of the people. And as Warren Marlowe said a couple of episodes back on this show, um, in many ways in real life, he's uh, CM Punk is not a man of the people. He's a man of uh, uh, of himself. So I don't know if this is really going to backfire or not. And it's really hard to pick a winner at this 
stage of the game. Well, in all honesty, here here here's my point on this. Actually, that's the wrong word. Here here's my thoughts on this. What's the point? Like you said, we already seen it. I mean, what what's what's the point? Punk comes out, he goes, "Yeah, I was healthy and this and that." He goes, "But I don't know if 100% is good enough." And cries like a little baby. Um, if, when he first starts his promo, uh, I thought it was going to be great because uh, he called that guy fat uh, out in the audience. I thought he was going to turn heel, and he's a better heel than he is anything. And uh, I, I thought that's what was going to happen. But then he just he switches it up completely. And then, according to his buddy that comes out there with the contract, uh, he he goes, "This isn't what we talked about backstage." So evidently, at least. They're trying to portray that uh, CM Punk went on his own again uh, when he came out in front of the audience. Uh, The only thing I know is there's a lot of good matches uh, at this pay-per-view, which uh, is, is, I feel, is going to be the saving grace. Uh, Because I just don't think the people are are really into uh, CM Punk Versus John Moxley anymore. Uh, what do you think? Been seeing mixed reactions online. Some people say this was a stroke of genius on AEW's part by trying to get us invested in this rematch, and other people are like, "No, this is just this is this this just them trying to do something desperate and look like they're being so being so creative here." And really, we're just we're just going to get the same match. I mean. Might have a different end result at the end of the day. And maybe instead of Punk uh, trying to sell a foot injury, this time around he might actually be 100%. But isn't that what we should have gotten the first time around? Not this whole bit where he injures his foot two minutes into the match and then Moxley pins him two minutes later? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I was bought in when they were fighting all over the arena. I was way more bought in than I am now. So, you know, I, I can see where uh, the ones that are saying that, you know, hey, you know, we've already seen this, uh, you know, it's uh, stupid. They're just trying to uh, play it off as, uh, you know, maybe uh, I, I did see, uh, I seen a brilliant tweet. I should have kept it. Uh, by the way, we were supposed to have a special guest today, folks, and uh, they actually uh, emergency came up and uh, we're wishing them the well and uh, the best and uh, they should be with us. Uh, hopefully soon, probably one day next week. But uh, anyways, um, so that's why I don't have this tweet. <laughs> but there's a tweet that was sent out I thought was brilliant, and it basically said uh, something to the fact of, looks like CM Punk went belly aching to Tony Khan because he lost his title, <laughs> and therefore uh, they're going to give him a rematch. Um, I, I think it was probably planned from the beginning myself. Uh what do, you, do you think do you think this was a work all the way around or what? Yeah, I'm not convinced that this was a shoot in any way. I think this, for whatever reason, is what they decided to do from a creative standpoint. And, you know, this whole CM Punk suddenly getting this second wind and being determined to compete it all out and win his title back, to me it would be a lot more convincing if he was fighting a guy that the crowd absolutely hated. The crowd does not hate John Moxley. Most of the fans like John Moxley, myself included. So, so it's like what again? We're trying to do this whole technically babyface versus babyface match, and those are very difficult to do. There are only some rare instances in wrestling history where it actually worked. Normally, you've got to pit one guy that the crowd hates versus one guy that the crowd loves, and that's what makes it work. Yeah, uh, you can't, uh, here, here's the problem with the baby face versus the baby face. And, uh, the main thing is, is you can't have another clean pin. Somebody's got to cheat. So who do you pick to cheat? You're, you're not going to have another clean pin in this match. I don't believe. I, I mean, if I had to pick one person, if I'm booking it and, uh, pick one person to cheat, it would be, it would definitely be CM Punk. Right, he needs to be. He needs to turn heel, I think. And he was on track to do it, and then he goes, "I probably shouldn't have said that." 
I thought he should have just rode with it myself, but let, we'll move on. But uh, yeah, that's just we'll make our predictions for that match <laughs> here in a little bit. Um, and then uh, so after that uh, craziness, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society uh, actually did an interview with uh, Tony uh, Schiavone backstage uh, for his upcoming match with uh, Daniel the American Dragon. Uh, Brian or Brian Danielson, American Dragon. I'll never get used to that, by the way. Uh, so, because he was on WWE as Daniel Bryanson for so many years. Anyways, uh, during this interview, uh, his buddy, his protege, shows up, uh, Garcia, and interrupts him. Uh, he actually pledges. Uh, uh, he pledges his allegiance to Jericho, tells him he doesn't. Jericho doesn't have to cheat. He can beat the American Dragon without cheating, right? And I bring this up not not to really talk about that interview, but for the next match. So the next match is actually Jake Hager, who is uh, Chris Jericho's right hand man and has been uh, ever since you know the ACW or AEW came on when he was El Champion. Uh, Jake Hager versus uh, the American Dragon, uh, Brian Danielson. So this match here, uh, Danielson beat him. It was a good match. It's the best match, and I know uh, uh, Danielson had a lot to do with uh, putting him over, uh, but it was the best match I've seen Jake Hager do in many, many years. Many years, not days, years. Uh, so it, it was a very good match, I thought. And uh, uh, the American Dragon won. Uh, and then Chris Jericho comes in, uh, or no, I'm sorry, the Black the Blackpool uh, Combat Club and his uh, Appreciation Society both hit the ring, two members of each, right? And they're battling in the ring. Uh, before Blackpool got in there, they did lay out Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson. Jericho grabs a table. He's on commentary. He grabs a chair. I said he grabbed a table, but he grabs a chair. <laughs> he runs into the ring. And gets ready to hit uh, Brian Danielson with the chair. And uh, Daniel Garcia shows up. And he takes the chair out of Chris's hands. Once again saying you don't have to do this. Daniel then hits him with a running knee. Crawls out of the ring. And gives Daniel Garcia an attaboy. Man, the plot thickens. What are your thoughts on this, Donnie? Well, again, going back to what... Warren said in the episode where we spoke to him, and we were talking a lot about Daniel Garcia in that episode. Guy has tremendous uh, potential as far as his in-ring ability, but what we hadn't seen a lot from him thus far was character, and I feel like over the last few weeks, they've been trying to give him somewhat of an identity and a character for people to get behind. And truth be told, the type of wrestler he is, he fits more with the Blackpool Combat Club than he does with the Jericho Appreciation Society. So, as far as is now going to be the time where they're going to pull the trigger and he's actually going to turn on Chris Jericho, or is this just a swerve? I don't know. I I, I wouldn't be upset, honestly, if he were to turn on Chris Jericho and join the, the BCC. Again, I feel like he fits more in with that group dynamic. But um, this is what they've got to do. I mean, if Daniel Garcia is going to be pushed and is going to be somebody we're going to talk about in a few years as like a future main eventer, well, this is what they have to do. They've got to give him character. I agree. I think he's got the tools in the ring, uh, and he's uh, he's decent on the mic, uh, but he's got some growing to do, but I think he'll be good. I actually, uh, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge Jericho fan, uh, but I kind of see him turning on him completely uh, at all in when he faces Daniel Bryan. Uh, he's actually going to be uh, uh, Jericho, not the Wizard, uh, not El Champion, but he's going to be the Lionheart, Chris Jericho. And the last match he had like that was against John Moxley, and uh, I thought he looked very good in it. So should be it should be interesting. Um, so then, to another surprise of the night, uh, the wingmen were in the ring. Uh, it went to a commercial break after the, Jake, uh, the Chris Jericho... Garcia, Jake Hagerman, and uh, Brian Danielson match. Went to a commercial break, and then the wingmen uh, were in the ring, and Ryan uh, Nemeth 
was on the mic complaining that uh, his group uh, never gets booked. Uh, they never get their due. They're, you know, and these guys are, I mean, they're, they're jobbers. Uh, anyways, but then comes out W. Morrissey. And Morrissey absolutely destroys every one of these guys. I mean, he choke slams uh, Peter uh, Avalon. Uh, it, it was it was awesome. I mean, he just absolutely destroyed. I mean, he looks phenomenal. Uh, but then, to my surprise, uh, this guy who's showing himself a lot now uh, on AEW, and that's Stokely Hathaway, the manager. Uh, he walks out. He hands uh, W. Morsey a, a business card. Uh, Morsey shakes his head and follows him out of the ring. Now, wh- while they're walking, Tony Schiavone goes, well, he goes, he needs a job. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then Taz speaks up and says, uh, W. Morsey is all elite. Uh, but the problem is he's leaving with Stockley Hathaway. They're leaving together. Um so it looks like W. Morrissey's going to be all elite now, uh, elite, at least uh, AEW or Ring of Honor. I know he did some Ring of Honor matches uh, uh, during his independent scene after uh, being released from WWE. So uh, I don't know, man. What's your thought? I mean, that surprised me. What's your thoughts? I honestly feel like he'd be better utilized in Ring of Honor than in AEW at this point because we've mentioned multiple times how. Now, just again, how packed the roster is in AEW. And each and every week, you've got more and more wrestlers competing for airtime, basically. And that's why, you know, like you say all the time, consider a a brand split. Put certain wrestlers on Dynamite and certain wrestlers on Rampage. That way, they have more of an opportunity for, for TV time to get those reps in. Unfortunately, if you just bring... W. Morrissey into AEW, he's eventually, I think, going to just get lost in the shuffle. Regardless of how much he's transformed and what he br- what he brings to the to the product. Well, I think the smartest thing that they're doing is he needs a manager. He's not good on the mic. Uh, I don't think he's good at all on the mic. Uh, that's why they teamed him up with Enzo Amore in WWE. He's just not He's just, he's just not, and that's okay. Brock Lesnar was horrible on the mic for years, and so he had Paul Heyman. So uh, the guy that they're teaming him with, I cannot remember. He, he was a, he was ahead of the Diamond Mine. I can't remember what he was called in NXT, but he was Malcolm Bivens in uh, NXT. There you go. That's him. Uh, he, uh, he actually is a, uh, he, he, he's a good mouthpiece. I mean, they haven't really used him at that. Uh, so much in AEW yet, but he really, I mean, he's, he's really good on the mic. So that makes sense to me. Uh, them putting him with him. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with ring of honor. Uh, you have the world champion Claudio that you see him all the time, but he's on AEW. Uh, they, I thought for sure after the last pay-per-view of ring of honor, um, Death Before Honor. I thought for sure that uh, they would have you know a TV deal by now uh, because that was actually on Fight TV in the Bleacher Report uh, that pay per view. So I uh, I'm kind of kind of on the fence when it comes to Ring of Honor anymore. Uh, either let it die or let's get with it. Is my opinion. What's yours? I 100 percent agree. It's like, are we going to treat it like its own? promotion or or what's it going to be just every now and then oh yeah we're going to offer a ring of honor pay-per-view which is kind of just like aew light yeah absolutely i agree <laughs> i agree 100 percent uh it just ring, uh, ring of honor had its own identity many years ago and that's one of the things i liked about it i i you know i was a huge fan of ring of honor uh, back in the day, Christopher Danielson, Samoa Joe, uh, even CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk was a, a lot different back then when he was in Ring of Honor. Uh, he was actually uh, trying to uh, get guys over, uh, or at least it showed that way on the television. Uh, 
that he was helping younger wrestlers and what have you. He was young back then too. But, uh, yeah, I miss the old ring of honor. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I think Tony Khan, I thought he was, it was great when he first bought it, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder if, uh, he's not trying to kill it or he's just in over his head and doesn't know what to do. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, so the next match, uh, Tony Storm and Haru Shahada, uh, versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter. So I think it's time for Hayter to break out on her own. Uh, uh, you know, Baker actually, you know, she looked very, very good in this match. Uh, she hit, uh, Shahada with a, uh, thrust kick, uh, curb stomp. I mean, it was great, right? And I don't really get into, um, female matches that much. Uh, Storm did use the, the hip attack on Baker and then, uh, uh, Shahada actually finished her off. The reason why I think that, uh, Britt Baker's partner, Jamie Hayter, is getting ready to go on her own was she kind of disappeared in the match. Uh, and that's the second time I've seen that and, uh, actually cost Britt Baker to lose. And we all know with, uh, Baker's, uh, ego that, uh, that's not going to fly very much longer. What do you think, sir? Yeah, I think it's time to kind of make Jamie Hayter go her separate ways from, uh, from Britt Baker. Uh, you know, she, every, the, 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 the popular rumor right now is that in this fatal four away that people are saying that Tony Storm is a lock to become the interim AEW women's champion. I'm not so sure I agree with that. What if they were, to pull to to do something unexpected and have Jamie Hader win the belt. Wait a minute, is it is it? They're not calling this an interim championship match, are they? Uh, well, they referred to it as the interim AEW Women's Championship. Oh my gosh, it, it's so stupid. I, I I just you're the champion or you're not. Um, it just it's and especially. If they let CM Punk win that title back on Sunday, uh, and then their excuse is, well, you know, Moxley carried around the interim title for so long, we want him to have at least a taste of the real thing. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be a very fun guy on Monday's episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, backstage it shows uh, Miro. Uh, he's met by uh, Darby Allen and Sting, and now we have a match. Uh, uh, that's set on the card now officially. Uh, Miro and uh, Sting and Darby versus the House of Black. Uh, for All In. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, besides Sting, uh, being in the match, that match, especially with now that we know what the pay per view is, that match may actually steal the show, in my opinion. Uh, Miro is awesome. Uh, Malachi Black is awesome. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy's or, uh, Murphy is great. Uh, Buddy Murphy and, uh, Brody is a beast as well. And Darby Allen. I mean, I can't say enough about that guy that this match may, may steal the show. Your thoughts. I think it depends on how much time they give it because there's a lot of matches that are taking place and, I could see them very easily giving this a, a very limited time slot just to get like some spots in, especially with Darby Allen. Um, you know, and Sting, obviously, they put him pretty much exclusively in tag matches now to, you know, cover, you know, cover up the fact that he slowed down a lot over the years, which is a smart move, admittedly. Um, but the one thing I want to say about this match is they really need to let the House of Black go over. Like, they need a big victory in order to stay relevant yeah and then they uh yeah you're right you're absolutely right um i think that uh i don't know i, I just i think darby allen is better than what they're doing with him um and i think that uh he could actually uh i don't know I, I for some reason for some reason when it comes to darby allen i'm thinking if he was to get a break and go somewhere else uh, and use the right way, he could be world champion. I really believe that. Because this guy, he, he can endure pain like anybody that I've seen in a, many years in the wrestling business. So that's just my opinion, though. 
Then we had a kind of a preview to a match that we're going to see on Sunday at All Out or All In. I, I don't know which one it is. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was All In, but this uh, report I'm reading keeps saying yeah, it's all, all Out. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm All In, All Out. How's that? So, anyway, yeah. uh, that that match was the uh, <coughs> pure champion, uh, Willer Yuta versus Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix versus Rush. Uh, that was uh, an incredible match. There was so much going on. Uh, I mean, Ray Phoenix is like a, um, he's like a, a jumping bean, man. I mean, this dude, he, he's all over the place. Uh, Dante Martin, uh, I don't think he gets a, uh, enough credit, but he did lose the match. Uh, the match ended with the champion, Willer Yuta. Uh, he actually trapped Dante Martin with a, uh, seatbelt, they call it, and, uh, and turned it into a pin for the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I really thought I think that was a good match myself. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, but that was phenomenal. Awesome highlights and the the things that those guys can do always amazes me. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that match. Uh, I'm looking for very much forward to uh, that match on Sunday. Then we had the uh, AW Trios Tournament Dynamite Final. Will Osprey. And Uzi Open with uh, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis versus the Elite, Tony Omega, and the Young Bucks, Nick and Mac Jackson. This match here, um, I thought, was great. And the fans who were there thought it was amazing, too, because I remember hearing several times uh, that uh, this is awesome chant come. And we haven't heard that in a long time. Uh, (laughs) So... Kenny Omega does hit the one-wing angel at the end of the match, and he pins uh, Fletcher. Um, it was just, it was fantastic. You know, I, I'm not giving it justice by saying that because the three of those guys, they did a, a, a knee trigger uh, to this guy. I mean, they really, uh, really put on a great show. And Will Offspring, once again, earns my respect. I know you've got a story you want to tell everybody about him <laughs> uh, and Kevin Nash, but he really did earn my respect once again in this match. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and turn that over to you and let you talk about it. Yeah, well, uh, Kevin Nash had something to say about uh, Will Ospreay, and I'm paraphrasing, but he w- went on Twitter and basically said, you know, for all the five-star matches this guy uh, how uh, this guy uh, has, how, how much money is he making at the end of the day or how much money is he drawing? And Will Ospreay decided to respond to Kevin Nash's tweet by saying, did Kevin Nash tear his quad while typing this tweet? (laughs) Because we know how fragile Kevin Nash was back in the day. I'm sitting here laughing. Yeah, if you know anything at all uh, about um, Kevin Nash or you watched wrestling back then, uh, yeah, that was... uh, (laughs) That was a very, very low blow from Will Offspray. Will Offspray, um, I like him. A lot of people don't like his attitude now. Um, I think I think he's a better wrestler uh, with the attitude, and uh, I like him. He he also got in a. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, see that back when it happened, but he was in a Twitter war with uh, Kenny Omega there for a while, and I thought that was hilarious. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, the elites, uh, did win the, uh, final on Dynamite, uh, of the, uh, tournament, the trios tournament on Dynamite. Um, and we'll see who they're going to face here. Uh, let's, uh, let's kick over to Raw real quick and then we'll go over, uh, the pay per view predictions. Uh, the, the one we've already got most, I think there's one match, uh, Donnie, that you and myself and, uh, uh, Warren, uh, haven't predicted yet, uh, so we'll get our both of our predictions on it uh, here in just a second. But the other ones for the Clash of the Castle, we've already made predictions on. So there's not a whole lot of matches, unlike All Out. Oh my goodness, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of matches on there. So we'll have to shoot through that. But uh, anyway, so Ziggler and Baylor, uh, they actually uh, kick off uh, Monday Night Raw with a match. And uh, the tags were made early on with Priest and uh, and all that good stuff. And uh, Styles came in with a uh, drop kick, and uh, it went back and forth. And uh, you know, 
before too long, you know, Ziggler wiped out on the ringside. And uh, the Judgment Day, they defeated AJ Styles and Ziggler. Um, that is, uh, that's not the whole story, though. Because Edge is there again, uh, and he comes out, but he doesn't come out alone. He comes out with uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio. And now, it's official, it's on the card, that's the match we haven't predicted yet, is Edge and the Mysterios are facing Judgment Day uh, at Clash of the Castle. Um, Your thoughts, sir? My thoughts are very simple. If you want the Judgment Day to have any sort of momentum at all, they have to go over in this match. Edge has nothing more to prove. He is, uh, you know, he's, you know, based on the latest rumors, I think he said he's going to wrestle for one more year and then he's going to finally call it a career. He's already in the Hall of Fame. We know that Rey Mysterio, when he retires, will go into the Hall of Fame. Dominic, you know, as far as what happens to him down the road, we, we don't know yet. I've expressed multiple times before that I think he needs more seasoning and he could benefit from going down to NXT and getting some more ring time. Then maybe coming back up to the main roster when he's a little less green. But uh, I, I haven't liked the way that they booked the Judgment Day in the last couple of months. It's been very inconsistent, kind of like uh, Philadelphia sports teams. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm all for the Judgment Day winning this match. So that's your prediction, Judgment Day? It's my official prediction. All right. And let's see. So, um, yeah, I think I'm picking, I'm going to pick uh, Judgment Day as well. Uh, and the reason for that is I think that it's finally going to happen. Uh, I think that, uh, put our predictions here so we can go back over them on the next episode. Uh, I, the reason why is because I think it's finally time and it's finally going to happen. Uh, I think Dominic is going to turn on his father, Ray. Uh, I know that you don't see that happening. Um, I, I, I've been calling it for a month, two months now. Um, I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to join uh, Judgment Day, and that's how uh, they're going to lose the match. Your thoughts? Wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, I think. Um, I, I just... Keeping in mind that that they're under a new regime now, and WWE maybe is thinking outside the box a little bit, but with the old regime, I definitely don't wouldn't have seen that uh, that outcome. I mean, maybe Judgment Day would have been booked to win the match, but I would not have seen them booking Dominic to turn on Rey Mysterio. Um, but could it happen now under the new creative team? Definitely a possibility. Yeah, and, and I'm here for it. I want to see it happen. <laughs> I want to see it happen. Um, so then we go to, uh, let's see, um, we have, uh, we have a females match, Alexa Bliss, uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, Oscar and Bianca Blair. Uh, they actually defeat, uh, Danny Moe, Katie Arquette and, uh, Kayla Sparks. I don't even know who those three really are. Uh, but yeah, that was just to, uh, put them over before they get defeated against Bailey's group, uh, this weekend. Uh, Kurt, Can- Kurt Angle, as we mentioned on last episode, uh, in his hometown, he did come out, uh, and it was hyped up. Uh, he hyped up a classic castle event while he was there. Uh, the Alpha Academy came out, and it was completely different than what I thought. I thought he was going to be with the Alpha Academy, uh, but no, no, that's not that's not the case. Uh, he was actually with the Street Profits, who also came out. You know, Chad Gable comes out. And he, he shocks me because at first he's like, he respects Kurt Angle and he even invited Kurt Angle to join the Alpha Academy. <clears throat> but Kurt Angle refuses the offer and tosses the t-shirt back to Gable and they start a swishing contest. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, and then Otis finally, you know, he attacks, uh, Angle and then the Street Profits step in and, uh, then they have a match, uh, of course, and in, in, uh, the Street Pop- Profits actually win the match. Uh, Kurt Angle drinks milk, but what I, I really, nothing was accomplished, in my opinion, nothing was accomplished with Kurt Angle being there. I, I don't get it. Um, 
he didn't do any he didn't really do anything uh i don't know I, I don't know why he was there i mean yeah not even an ankle lock or anything i mean he's not too old to slap somebody in in the ankle lock <laughs> but uh no I, i'm i'm kind of with you because i always felt like kurt angle would have been a great manager for Alpha Academy slash American Alpha when they were a tag team back in the day, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. Um, but uh, but yeah, they bring him out for the hometown pop, and that's about it. He he uh, he, he wants the smoke with uh, the Street Profits, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, they did that horrible storyline where Jordan was supposed to be his long lost son. Remember that? Uh, I thought that was horrible. I, I do. It could have been a great storyline if they had booked it properly, but they did not. It was really poorly done. And then the cameras flash to guess who? Riddle and Seth Rollins fighting again uh, in the arena before the show and during an interview on Raw. So uh, Rollins uh, claimed that Riddle was not on his level. Riddle said that he was scared of being embarrassed. Uh, Rollins was being a Scared of being embarrassed by him. Uh, and then they just, I mean, once again, and yeah, I mean, I like a good fight in the arena or in the streets to uh, build a, a, a build to a match. But uh, every week is just getting old. Just getting old. And then... I uh, think they're ahead. just trying to build, uh, build up that animosity. They, they want to keep the intensity high. So that when the two of them do finally collide uh, in in the squared circle in an actual match, the, it's it's going to be like we've said before one of the one of the matches of the night at Clash of the Castle. Yep, and I think and you know I disagree with you on continuing to build the hype, but um, I do agree with you that I think it I think it's already I'm already bought in on the match. I was bought on the match two weeks ago when we predicted that it was going to be a match. Before it was even official, I, I just I think they're overdoing it. Um, I think they're overdoing it. That's just my opinion. Uh, then we had the Miz versus Bobby Lashley. So here's an interesting story. Um, so m- the week prior, uh, the Miz is actually supposedly kidnapped uh, by Dexter Loomis. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so they start fighting uh, or he has a match with Bobby Lashley and there's really, there's really no, I mean, so Miz, Miz started to do the skull flush, uh, crushing finale. Right. And then he stopped because he's seen Dexter Loomis in the crowd and the distraction, uh, allowed Bobby Lashley to put on the hurt lock and, and get the win. But here's the thing. That was it. Uh, Dexter Loomis was just in the crowd. That was it. He didn't come down to fight. He didn't get escorted out. None of that happened. Um, it, it's just odd. This whole storyline is odd, and I don't know what it has to do with Miz. Um, I know that they're bringing uh, Loomis back on the main uh, roster, but uh, I, I just don't get the storyline. What do you think? It would have made way more sense for them to continue the, the kidnapping storyline into this week's episode of Raw. Now, I'm not saying you need to show us what happened after The Miz was was kidnapped, but maybe do a backstage interview where The Miz is there talking about his upcoming match with Bobby Lashley, and the interviewer says, so Miz, uh, can you tell us what happened with Dexter Loomis last week? And he could have just cut them off and been like, I don't want to talk about it, or something like that. And, you know, something along the lines of, uh, do you have any idea what kind of mental scars I had from what happened to me last week? And just kind of like left it at that, with at least dropping some hints that there's more more to the story that, than there is. But, yeah, I mean, that's just a weird transition to make from one week to another. The Miz is kidnapped. No, no he's totally fine this week. And, oh, 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 man, Dexter Loomis is in the audience. The Miz is scared. And that's the end of it. All right, well, where are we going with this? And he has zero scars, no black eyes, nothing. It just, it, it doesn't, they didn't, they didn't think this through all the way, I don't think. Uh, I think they could have done so much better. I think a nine-year-old could have done better with the storyline. Um, then we had the Usos and Sami Zayn uh, come on out. 
to Raw, to the ring, and uh, they were claiming how uh, Roman was going to win a clash at the castle and that the bloodline would still be running both brands. But then Sami Zayn's best friend, Kevin Owens, comes out, and uh, he said that the bloodline have zero power on Raw and that Rain still owes him one. So the Usos asked Sammy to take care of his boy, and Sammy said that Roman didn't owe anyone anything. Owen said that Sammy was making a fool of himself by being a clown for the bloodline, and that was sad to see. Now, here's the thing. So Sammy tried to explain to Owens that uh, he really, he was really friends with the bloodline, and the trio uh, threatened, uh, then the the trio threatened Owens uh, before uh, before they walked up to the ring. So Owens talked himself into a match with Jey Uso. Uh, so which that match was actually pretty decent. The ending of that match I found uh, was amazing uh, because uh, so Owens got on top rope in the ring before getting a near fall uh, a fall off a swanton bomb. Uh, Jay blocked a stunner and he blocked the uh, KO, and then KO blocked the super kick, but caught the second one before Jay got a near fall off the splash. Jimmy showed up on the apron. Owens hits a super kick on both Usos before getting a near pin off a frog splash. Zane, Sammy Zane, uh, ran a distraction before Jay came in with a dive to the outside. The ref was distracted, and Sammy was about to hit Owens with a steel chair, but failed to do so. Uh, Jimmy was furious uh, while Owens hit the stunner in the ring and picked up the win over Jey Uso. Um, I, I think they're building to it, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, I think they're building to uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, being a thing again, um, and I think it's uh, we needed to see it. I, uh, Sami definitely needs it for his career. Uh, Owens is fantastic by himself. But uh, I, I want to see this happen. Agreed 100%. And can you imagine how amazing it would be if these two teams fought each other in a ladder match? I mean, it would just be crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Uh, but it would be it would be a beautiful sight to uh, behold. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that uh, for that ladder match, uh, and I, I mentioned this on the last episode, I think when we talked about these two, um, the best match, the best ladder match, uh, by far, uh, were these two defending and going after, uh, and it doesn't matter who their opponent was, uh, defending and going after the NXT tag team titles, uh, just some of the best tag team matches you'll ever see. And like I did last week, I'll do it again. I recommend, uh, you guys just taking the time, finding one of those matches and just sitting back. And uh, watching it because uh, you'll definitely enjoy it. So as we mentioned, All Out uh, takes place on Sunday, uh, the 4th of September uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, so let's, uh, you and I, sir, to close out the episode, uh, start making our predictions. Uh, so, and I'm going to start off with a hard one. and I'm going to go to you first. Uh, WWE, or WWE, shoot. <laughs> AEW World Championship Match. John Moxley versus CM Punk. Who do you got? <sighs> this one's tough to say, but if I had to make a prediction, I think there's going to be some uh, some shenanigans that go on in this match, and CM Punk's going to end up regaining the AEW world title. Okay. Uh, that is actually uh, completely opposite what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to pick John Moxley. Um and the reason for that is uh, I think that it's uh, I just you, you can't take the pay. You can't take the belt away from Moxley this fast. Uh, uh, he was a phenomenal champion uh, way back when uh, he had some hard times, uh, committed himself to rehab, fought his way all the way back, even winning the uh, television uh, title in New Japan wrestling against Lance uh, Lance Archer. And uh, I, I, I just I can't see them taking the belt off of them this fast. So I'm going to pick Moxley. Uh, the next match, the Lionheart, Chris Jericho versus the American Dragon, Daniel Bryson. So we'll just get mine out of the way because everybody knows what my, <laughs> what my pick is. 
Um, yeah, so, uh, of course, Chris Jericho is going to win this match. What do you say, sir? Uh, polar opposite. I am American Dragon Brian Danielson all the way with this one. Oh, my goodness. The only way Brianson wins this match is Garcia gets involved and cheats and turns on Jericho. Let's see. So you pick Danielson. Uh, all right. So the next match, Tony Storm versus, and it is a, oh, I just noticed that. So Tony Storm, that, that ticks me off. Uh, Tony Storm versus Dr. Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hakira Sherrod uh, for the AEW interim women's world title. What? Uh, I've got Rick ba- ba- uh, Baker. Who do you have? I feel like the writing's on the wall on this one. I, f- I feel like they're going to go with Tony Storm. Lord, I hope not. <laughs> All right. And let's see. Next match. And I'll let you go first. Uh, the uh, Swerve in Our Glory is actually going to defend their title against the Acclaim. Well, I've already kind of given my opinion that uh, as talented as the two wrestlers are in Swerve in the Glory, I don't think they should still be the tag team champions at this point. Uh, if it were me booking this match, I would book the Acclaim to win. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Swerve and Our Glory are going to retain. So I don't know if I'm having a, a a brain meltdown or who's the claim? I can't think of who that is. It's Max Caster who does who always does the rapping and uh, and Anthony Bowens his tag team partner. Oh, the guys with Billy Gunn. Yep. Oh, they shouldn't even be in a pay per view. They suck. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Swerve as well. Uh, or no, you're going with the claim, right? No, no, no. I said Swerve and the Glory is going to retain. If it was me booking, though, because they've been really over with the crowd, I would book the Acclaim to win. You know, I didn't even realize that that was those guys' name. That's how over they are with me. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they're any good at all. Uh, but, you know, each his own. Um, Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. Of course, I've got Christian Cage. Uh, the man of the century. What about you? Jungle Boy needs to put this old man in his place. I'm go- I'm going Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. You know, he's got the right name or part of the name. Boy in his name because that's all he is. Jungle Boy. All right. I'll write it down. All right. So next match. Uh, uh, Jade Cargill. Versus Athena, or a.k.a. I always call her Amber Moon, for the AEW TBS Championship. Um, I actually think Amber Moon, or uh, Athena, is going to take this title from Jade. I think they've been building and building for it. Uh, she's had a heck of a record. She's even surpassed Goldberg, but enough is enough. Uh, she needs to lose this title, and I think the fans are getting tired of it, too. Your thoughts? You see, I don't think that AEW is ready to end the uh, Jade Cargill experiment, personally. I think she's going to retain here. Perhaps Athena wins the belt at a later date, but I don't think it's going to be on this night. Okay. And then we have the... uh... So here's something that I don't understand, (laughs) that I don't get. Then they say we have the AEW World Trios Championship Tournament Final. It does not say who's in the match. I thought they just had that on SmackDown. Well, no, it's uh, it's the Elite. It's Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And I thought I read correctly that it's the Dark Order and Hangman Page are going to be their opponents. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, because they have injury. I remember Page coming out and offering his... Yep, that makes sense. I wonder why they don't have it listed on the website. Um, huh, strange. Uh... And then the next match is for a future. Uh, it's it's kind of like Money in the Bank without the briefcase and, and the ladder. Uh, or it does have the ladders, actually. Uh, it's, it's, it's more or less a Money in the Bank match. They call it the Casino Ladder Match. Uh, for a future AEW world title shot opportunity, you have Claudio versus Dante Martin. I don't know how he got in that match. Uh, Pantera Oscura. 
versus Ray Phoenix versus Andrade versus his tag team partner Rush versus Wheeler Yuta versus the Joker. Who is the Joker? Could it be MJF? I'm picking the Joker. I If MJF ends up being the Joker, then I would say, yes, he's absolutely going to win the Casino Battle Royal. If you can't you can't do that. You pick a winner, sir. Uh, okay, all right. All right, I see how it is. Uh, all right, I... Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the same prediction, honestly. I think we're going to see the return of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Yeah, and I think that maybe, just maybe, that's how uh, the main event ends. Is he gets involved, cashes in. Because uh, I think that contract is, it's kind of like money in the bank, right? They can cash that in whenever they want to. Am I correct about that? You know, I'm not a, I'm not overly familiar with it. I don't think that's how it works. I think it like there's actually got to be a setup for the title shot. It's not just I take the briefcase and I cash it in when I want. But I could be wrong. So AEW fans, if I, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent on that either. Um, uh, if not, that should be an idea <laughs> for them. <laughs> so, uh, anyways. But, uh, okay, so uh, let's see here. Next match. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, of course, Ricky Starks is going to win this. What do you say? I would book Ricky Starks to win if it was me because he's, again, stars on the rise. He's he's been getting he's been getting beaten up a lot by the members of the factory as of late. So I think he needs uh, he needs to get a little payback. And then we have the uh, the uh, tag team champions of Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan Wrestling, and AAA Wrestling (FTR) uh, teaming up with uh, the uh, TNT champion Wardlow, going against Jay Lethal. And the Motor City Machine Guns. Now, FTR is great. They've had a heck of a run. Um, but they've not faced anybody like the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, Jay Lethal and the, and the Guns to, to win this and probably win it, win it easily if they all three gang up on Wardlow and get him out of the way. So, your thoughts? I disagree. I think you've got three, uh, well... Ring Ring of Honor, which is a subsidiary of AEW now. You've got the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, and you've got the TNT Champion on one team. I think you got to book Wardlow and FTR to win this match. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, possible. Uh, I don't see it, but possible. So then we have the match that we talked about earlier, House of Black versus Sting, Darby, uh, Darby Allen and Miro. Um, of course, uh, Malachi Black is going to uh, win this match. Uh, your thoughts? I, I I see this being a win for the House of Black. I think, if anything, it'll possibly set up a singles match down the road between Malachi Black and Miro. Miro could end up winning that match when it eventually happens, but I think House of Black's going to win. walk away with the win here. Copycat. All right. And then uh, <laughs> on the pre-show, uh, we have uh, Tomal Hero uh, issue. I, I, I guess that's how you pronounce that. Uh, versus uh, Eddie Kingston. I do not have Eddie Kingston, even though I can't say this old boy's name. Uh, yeah, that's who I pick. What about you? It's uh, Tomahiro Ishii, I believe, is the pronunciation uh, I'd like to see Tomohiro win because I'm not an Eddie Kingston fan at all. I, I never, I said it before, I never understood the appeal of the guy. He could be the nicest guy in the world, uh, so I'm not, this isn't against him personally, but, uh, yeah, I've never understood the appeal of him as a wrestler. Yeah, he's just, uh, he's no Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is not always in shape, right? So I'm not knocking, uh, any, uh, on that. It's just I just don't think he's any good. I don't think he has the charisma. He's got he doesn't have the moves. I mean, anyways, moving on to the next uh, next pre-show, we have Pac uh, defending his All Atlantic Championship 
against Kip Saban. Wow. Uh, I didn't even realize Kip Saban was uh, wrestling on this pay-per-view. So, yeah, I'll pick Kip. I've uh, been a long-time fan of his. I think Pac's going to retain this belt. And the one thing I do want to say about this match is, why is it on the pre-show? Should it not be a part of the main card? Yeah, you have some, you have a couple big-time players. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It should be on the main show. These these both, these guys can fly. They can do it all. And uh, they look good doing it. Yeah. And this guy right here, that I'm, the next, the final match, uh, blows my mind too why he's on the pre-show but i guess it's kind of like dynamite and rampage they've got so many uh competitors that it's you can't put everybody on the main show but the final match uh is hook defending his ftw championship uh on the pre-show versus uh angelo parker um i think hook is going to probably is why it's on the pre-show because Hook's going to destroy this guy in just a few minutes. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a cakewalk for Hook. He's going to he's still going to be the FTW champion for this match. So, have you noticed a name <clears throat> that we haven't mentioned? That if a uh, uh, MJF doesn't come back, um, I think. Uh, this guy will be the Joker, and I'm still, I'm still, I'm still uh, happy that I t- I picked him, <laughs> and uh, that is uh, Sammy Guevara. Uh, his name wasn't mentioned at all. Shocking to me. Yeah, that's very true because he's been a major part of AEW programming for since since their inception, really. He's he's been on every pay per view that I've watched of theirs. Um, I know he recently got married, but that honeymoon's over by now. Uh, yeah, just uh, maybe they got him on the back burner in case uh, they decide not to pull the trigger with MJF. But I'm telling you, it's t- it's it's too long. They need to pull that trigger on MJF, and they need to pull it soon. In my opinion. Uh, yeah, because I mean, before you notice, contract's going to expire, and man could be WWE bound at that point. Well, not only that, um, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking that the longer uh, the longer that they uh, hold him out, the bigger pop he's going to get when he comes back. But here's the thing: that can backfire too. I've seen that backfire over the years. Uh, they hold a wrestler out too long. And, yeah, they still get a pop, but, you know, it doesn't last very long at all. Uh, you know, and, they, and you know, fans, uh, I've been one for years. We move on kind of fast. You know, we, we, we like the flavor of the week, it, just how it is. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, I think they're, uh, they've pushed it as far as they can push it. He needs to come back uh, this Sunday. Well, we well we will see. I mean, it would be an oppor- it would be an opportune time for him to come back, no question about it. But we just don't know what Mister Tony Khan is thinking right now. Yep, that's true. All right, sir uh, Donnie, that is all I have for today's episode. How about yourself? Well, that that is uh, all I had. Really, the only other uh, thing that uh, broke this week and that I maybe just wanted to give a quick insight on was the uh, story, uh, the rumor uh, that I read today about uh, Malachi Black allegedly requesting his release from AEW, which, you know, some comments that I've seen have hinted that that actually was just a rumor and that there's nothing to that story at all. But then there are other comments that have hinted that he's been having some mental health and personal issues and hasn't been 100% happy with the way he's been booked. Not sure uh, how you feel about that, Kentucky guy. Malachi Black, Alex or Black or whatever you want to call him, he is a Triple H guy. He he has been a Triple H guy. Triple H uh, took care of him all through NXT, put the goat around him, which he deserves it. Uh, I still think that the blackout is the best finisher out there right now besides Seth Rollins' uh, herb stomp. I can see him maybe using 
And it's, remember, his wife works for WWE as well, uh, Vega. So I, I can see him using that maybe as an excuse. But I think the real reason is, uh, you know, Triple H is out for blood, like Warren said. Uh, he's talking to these guys, whether uh, Tony Khan knows it or not. He is talking to the wrestlers that he felt should not have been let go. He's already proved it by the folks that he's brought back. And uh, I think I think Triple H has been in Alex or, or whatever you want to call him uh, Black's uh, ear, and I think that's the reason why. I think there's truth to this rumor, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him show up on an episode of Raw or SmackDown um, within the next six months at all. Wouldn't be opposed to that because, uh, like you said, he was a talented wrestler who. Got lost, got lost on the main roster. Didn't really have a sense of direction, despite him being incredibly talented. I mean, he can he can work and he can cut a promo, but uh, Vince McMahon and the creative team that was there at the time didn't know how to book him. And I mean, he went off to AEW. Seemed like he had some early success. We thought he was going to have big things on the horizon, but then his momentum kind of stalled recently, and. You know, maybe maybe he just wants to go back to the company so he could spend more time with his wife, number one. And number two, like you said, he's a Triple H guy, and maybe Triple H had conversations with him uh, back in the day where he said, if you ever come back, don't worry, I'll, I'll take care of you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, that's possible. Um, I think that uh, he is... Uh, they haven't put a belt on him in AEW. And and one thing that I hope Triple H and Creative, do, if he does come back, uh, for the love of God, keep him a heel. He is so much better as a heel, a bad guy, than he is a good guy. We've seen both parts. He was uh, kind of a baby face. He was a baby face in NXT. Uh, he did win the title, but he is so much better. His character-wise is better, I think, in AEW than it was in WWE. However, the way they booked him in this performance uh, was much better in NXT uh, than AEW. So if they could do a mixture of both, I think you're going to have maybe a future champion there. Yep, for sure. All right, so guys, that is all the time we do have for today's episode. Uh, you've been listening to Against the Mat. A wrestling podcast with your co-host is the Kentucky guy and Donnie Cage. Hey, everyone have a wonderful rest of your day. As always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you guys so, so, so very much. Thank you.